standing here and you want to just be remembered and slip up your hand to him Heavenly Father we believe we're standing on holy ground we believe Lord this day and this hour and this season of time has been appointed. A great voice went out. And as we look into the messages, we see an unfolding that's happening literally before our eyes. We're here, Lord, and we're your people, and we're your bride. And Father, there's great needs among your people. And Lord, we lift our voices together, our hands together, one on behalf of each other. And we're asking, Lord, you are still the high priest. You're touched by the feeling of our infirmities. Bartimaeus touched you not by his voice crying out and hitting your natural ears, but it was a greater touch. And Lord, there's a need within our bodies. There's needs within our spirit realm. There's a grieving about the world that's around us. There's a new body we're groaning to put on, Lord. Father, let it come to pass even more so today. Lord, let that word body begin to form around us, Lord. Father, we're looking to that unseen realm this morning. And we're asking you to come and visit us today. Visit your people. Lord, those that have COVID. This demon is just a demon. And nothing can stand in the face of the blood of Jesus. Father, we curse that thing. And Lord, we stand. It's not our voice. But it's the voice of Christ through the blood that's speaking. And Lord, we're asking you for the needs that were lifted up this morning. We're asking you for the request. Sister May sung and the family that has the need in our midst. Believers across this country and across the United States and different places. Lord, lift the standard. Raise the standard, I pray. And Lord, now as we open your word, knowing how the enemy has so fought, but Lord, you are more than a conqueror. And we're asking you, Father, to come and meet with us. Thank you for this opportunity and this time. Lord, I yield my vessel. We yield our natural man, our natural thinking, and Lord, we're here to enter into what you would have. Visit with us. We invite you now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We've, we've spent a bit of time here. Let's go directly to the Word this morning. We're going to read uh, from 2 Corinthians chapter 11. 
2 Corinthians chapter 11, and then we're going to go to Revelations chapter 16. Paul is speaking, and I, I want you to catch this as the first, first church age messenger, and uh, this, is, this is a burden of a prophet, and uh, you know, all the messengers, it was the first that was really a prophetic office, and it was the last that was a prophetic office, and the word really comes to the prophets, but this was a burden of not just Paul but as a messenger with a specific task. And he says in verse 1, Would to God that you would bear with me a little in my folly, and indeed bear with me, for I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy. For I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. Now, this, this really sums up everything of what Paul was speaking of. And, and, and to be chaste is to be modest, decent, but more than that, it's to be pure and free from all taint of what is lewd or salacious. God is a jealous God. He's jealous over his bride. He's jealous over his people. He wants separators. He does not want us to be mixers. Now this is, this is the desire in the first church age. And he says in verse 3, But I fear, lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtility. So Paul now goes all the way back to Genesis and he catches what the serpent did. Because before he ever manifest in a physical form, it entered her mind. And Paul says it this way, so that your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For he that cometh preaches another Jesus, which we have not preached, or if you receive another spirit, which you have not received, or another gospel, which you have not accepted, you might well bear with him. Now, we'll, we're going to come back to that, but I'm like ask you to turn over to Revelation 16. We'll just read this, and then I'll, ask, I'll have you be seated. Revelation chapter 16. We're going to read uh, from verse 12. Now, this might seem a strange script, a scripture, but I, I want you to recognize that in the virgin that was Paul was speaking of, that was chaste, uh, and I, I'm speaking of the character of the virgin bride in this final battle. That's my subject. So, She's in a battle, and Paul identified that. But I fear lest the serpent. 
And remember, the serpent is slippery. He's slimy. Now, let's, let's go and read this, verse 12. And the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates, and the water thereof was dried up, that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. Now, if I can summarize it, the way of the kings of the east, that was the Babylonian system. And they were bound because there was a river running there. But when the river dried up, they were free to cross. I want you to think not in natural terms, but in spiritual terms. And he says that the way of the kings of the east might be prepared. And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. We are living in that season. For they are the spirits of devils working miracles, which go forth unto the kings of the earth and on the whole world to gather them to the battle of the great day of God Almighty. Now in verse 16 it says, And he gathered them together into a place called in the Hebrew tongue Armageddon. Now that's a natural place. That will still manifest. But there's also a spiritual application here. And it shows up in verse 15. Behold, I come as a thief. Blessed is he that watcheth and keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. Now we're not talking natural garments because we're talking spiritual garments. And remember, it was the last church age that was naked and did not know it. But it says, at this time, I'm coming as a thief. You won't catch this with a natural observation. The kingdom of God cometh not with observation. You can look at what's happening naturally in the world, and I'll say you might have a level of understanding, but that will not bring you in. It's going to take something in you. Blessed is he that watcheth, keepeth his garments, lest he walk naked and they see his shame. God bless his word. You may have your seats. We'll just keep this going in Revelations chapter 19. We'll go a couple of verses over. Revelations 19, verse 7. <coughs> this part is very familiar. Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. Now we can just sometimes point to a season and say, oh yeah, we're, we're in that. But there's actually something I have to do, you have to do. We need to make ourselves ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, 
clean and white. For the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. And he said unto me, Write, blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said, These are the true sayings of God. Now, I'm not going to stop there. I'm going to move this ahead a little bit to verse 11. And it says, And I saw heaven opened. Now, we referred to this last week when, when we said, uh, in Revelations 4, John saw the heaven opened. and But here it says, I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. Now, I, I don't believe this was just a natural white horse, but a horse is a power. And it says, and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true. And in righteousness he doth judge and make war. Brother Adam said, you've seen him as a healer. You've seen him as a savior. Let's watch him in battle. And friends, that's the battle that's going on right now. His eyes were as a flame of fire, and on his head were many crowns. And he had a name written which no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. Now there's another part to this, which is the identification of what came with him. And the armies that were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. Now, I, I, I trust you see yourself in that. I, I, when Christ went to Calvary, I was in him. When Moses stood and, and, and cried out, I was there that day. I, I'm identified with with all of these saints of old, and they're identified with me, and I cannot help but do what I do because I'm identified with something greater. And it's out of the pages of the Bible, it's identified in heaven, and it's here, manifest in us today. God bless you. We'll stop the reading there this morning. Now, I want to just speak for a moment, and, and, and I'm going to just to, to, to follow in, and I'm, I'm going to call this part of my New Year's message part two, and there'll probably be a part three, and, and I, I, I'm, I just feel this is it, just in the last little while, God just, we, we need to, as Brother Branham would say, look to the unseen. I, I don't think you can just watch events and expect that things are going to happen and come to you. You need to see what you're a part of. You need to see what is happening as this word is coming in you and the position and the authority that you have been given. I, and, and I may not dwell on that part as much today, and that'll come yet, but the Lord willing. So 
There's a reality to the unseen realm, and it's more real than the seen. Hebrews 11 talked about the things that are seen were not made of things which do appear. In other words, out of the unseen realm came what you see today. And, and, and this was the, the quotation I, I used last week as, as, I, as I took this and I spoke on the shadows of the unseen. But Brother Brennan would say, do you believe that you're living in the last days of the Gentile dispensation? Do you believe he's getting ready them ready for his coming? The shadows of his coming is cast upon the earth. Where are those shadows coming from? Where, where, where are they coming from? And he says, there is trouble, there is distress, there is perplexed of time. The shadow of his coming is placed over the church. And the things we do in his name are just a shadow of what he will do when he comes. They would ask Jesus, by what authority do you do these things? And he says, well, you, and he, he never actually told them. He just says, well, you tell me, did it, was the baptism of John of men or was it of, of this? And they wouldn't answer him. He says, neither do I tell you. And I say this, when people would ask you, by what authority? By what God has done in me. By the part I am and the part I am to play in this last moment of time. Because God has reserved us. He could have had David here. He could have had Moses here. But he chose to put you here. He chose to put me here. And we've got to play our part. And I say we've got to run it with all that we can. Now we've, we've spent most of our time where we've been taught to look at the outward. We've been taught to, to make sure when you go out, you comb your hair, you brush your teeth, you, you dress right, make sure you're... You're, 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 you're presentable and you do all of that. You know, we spend a lot of time on that part. And, and, and yeah, we need to do that. But I, I would say, as, as we look in a little bigger picture, and, and, and we can look at the church and we can look at, well, we don't have the gathering we used to have. And, we don't have, and as we see events unfold around us and different things, uh, you can't just look at what you see superficially. You've got to be discerning and understanding. And your answers will come out of the word and not just to your intellectual mind. But it needs to be quickened to your heart. There has to be a, come a time where you recognize this is the moment. This is the season. I am here. And I'm here by God's voice. And I've got to do something about it. I can't wait for help to come from somewhere else. It's in me. It lives in me. And I'll speak it. Now, as events unfold, the trigger points are, are really not just because you know, restrictions or something, but it's like the wind. It comes from somewhere, it goes somewhere else. You know, our fight, a Christian soldier's fight, is not on a national or a government level. I, I just say this, don't get mad at the prime minister. Don't get mad at Pelosi or Trump or Biden. It, it's, listen, they're only acting out their part. That, that's, and they've got to be that way. Our, our, Paul said, I fight not as beating the air. I run as not uncertainly. You know, so the battle is on a different realm. And, and I, I'm going to read a couple of things to you here. And, and they really are 
where our battle is, and you'll know some of these things, but, but out of the Laodicean church age, Brother Branham would make this statement. He would say, and, and I've and I got to try and be brief. He says, now, yeah, this is the one I want. Okay, he says, remember, we're, this is actually a deceived church. He says, remember, we're not on a picnic. We're in a battlefield. He says, many people think when they're Christian that it's all they need to do that settles it forever. Don't ever get that in your head. Sometimes we get to the thing, well, once, once I get this filling of the Holy Spirit, it's all over. No, it just starts. But I'll tell you what, I can't help. I, I can't go back to what I was. Neither can I stay where I am. I've got to keep moving. There's something in this seed that moves me forward. He says, now don't ever get that in your head, for to become a Christian is to fight. And he says, I must become a Christian. And I'll say this, that's where God will defend you. When you're in duty for the king, if you're just a bystander and you're just sitting on the sidelines, I'll say that that will not cut it very much longer. If you just feel comfortable, I'll just ride this out. I'll hide out in my cave. I won't engage. I, you know, I, I'll tell you what, you need to be engaged like never before. Now it says a true Easter seal. A Christian doesn't ask for easy things. And he says... When you put on a uniform, you take your gun, you enter the battlefield. The Christian road is not a flower bed of ease. It's a battle from the hour you start until the spirit, your, your spirit's set free by death. You're not, no picnic, you're on a battlegrounds. And so we are promised things. Greatest battle ever fought. The first battle, now this is taking it into another level. The first battle that was ever fought began in heaven when Michael and his angels fought against Lucifer and his angels. It started, the battle was in heaven. Sin did not originate in earth. It originated in heaven. Then it was thrown down from heaven, cast out of the heaven to the earth, and it fell on human beings. The battle from angels became human battles. Okay? Now... Satan came to destroy God's creation that God created for himself. He had Satan come to destroy this. That's what his purpose was. It was to destroy it. The battle began here in earth and it began in us and it's been raging ever since. Now I'm going to bring this one in because this is where I'm going. Feast of the Trumpets. It says... What's it done in cunningness? It's come in like flatteries. What's it done? It's bringing in the Protestant ecumenical council of world churches, the spirit of Antichrist on both of them, bringing them to the slaughter just like they did the other in the hour to call the bride. This ought to be more real to you than ever before. Friends, this last week, we watched as social media, because of what Trump did, they blocked him. They banned him now. Facebook banned him. There's a power being exercised by these, the media and by these social media platforms WhatsApp is a tool I've used for a long time. WhatsApp has now come out and said on February 8th, they, we need to sign on to 
a new privacy platform where they can share all the information on WhatsApp chat groups with Facebook, which owns WhatsApp. Which, which owns WhatsApp. The information collected on Google is all, there's new things that come all the time. It, it's a tightening up, friends. It, it's taking away liberties. And, 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 and these, you say, well, what's that got to do with anything? Look, you, I'll, I'll just say it this way. Don't think for a moment now that the left-wing agenda has been given a platform where they control both the Senate and the House, that they won't exercise it against conservative groups. And I, I don't just want to put it liberal. I'm not talking liberal, conservative. But I'm talking now against the Word of God. Because Hollywood displays... Hollywood displays messages all the time. Messages of it's okay to commit adultery. It's okay for gay men and women to kiss. It's okay for these things. And they display that. And if you're against it, you are increasingly in the minority. Friends, it's not just about political realms. It is against the word of God. It's against the bride. It's against all we stand for. And when you see churches like this Methodist minister bowing down to it, it shows that the way where they stood for the word, that's dried up. The spirit of the Antichrist has come in and it's entered the nominal church. And there's only one place that it will not enter in. That's the bride of Jesus Christ. Satan fought me this week. On Sunday night, I developed stomach cramps. I had some of this coming. Through that night, I, I couldn't keep anything down. And for the next three days, I couldn't keep anything down. And in three days, I lost 15 pounds. I was so weak. I collapsed. I was dizzy when I stood up. I listened to a few services on Wednesday. And I just felt God was starting to move. Brother John took the song service. He spoke Waymaker. I just began to catch that. And then I listened to another service on Thursday. And I thought, okay, I'm getting better. And this comes again Thursday night. And Somewhere in the middle of Friday, and I had a few brothers that were praying, thank you for praying for me. I just felt all of a sudden the thing dried up. It was gone. Tried to book an appointment. I, I was with the doctor on Tuesday, on Wednesday. And then he said, well, if this thing persists, you can come back, but you can't come back without a COVID test. I says, I don't have COVID. I refuse to. I cursed that thing. And God moved on the scene. And Friday I started to get some appetite. Yesterday I think I drank fluids all day. So I've, I, I gained some of it back. I was actually looking to gain weight. It was wonderful. 
We're in a battle. I'm not, I'm not saying this just because of myself. You're in a battle. Don't think for a moment that the enemy that comes and makes you think you're weak and you're inferior, that's a thought from Satan. You are not. You're, you're, we are a part of the bride of Christ. We are soldiers in an army. We are not here as a weak people. The world is not worthy of what we stand for. We are Christians. So it says that the Protestant Ecumenical Council of World Churches is coming to bring them to a slaughter in the hour to call the bride. It's loosed in the ecclesiastical church spirit. So before this ever manifests naturally, it's loosed in the in a church spirit. Now you watch Brother Branham because he, you, you watch how he moves in, in, in realms. And, and I would say it wasn't Brother Branham's mind that was doing this. It was God that was moving the prophet. Sometimes subconsciously he didn't even know how or why, but it was God directing that voice. And it was in 1963 he would speak and he'd say, the end of the second pull. Did you see the Spirit pick up that song? The third pull is at hand. And he says, I don't call you church, I call you bride. And he would begin to move, and it was in 1964 in July, he spoke the message, the masterpiece, and he had just seen the vision of the preview of the bride. And in the preview, he sees the church marching. And he sees the church, and, and, and I want you to think of Paul. God help me to get this correct. And may we catch this correctly, friends. Let, let me just say this. We are not here at a teaching. We are not here at, at a school class. We are not here at a lecture where we'll just try and glean and then we'll answer the questions after. We are here called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. We are here under divine call. And you need to recognize the burden of the call that came through the messengers. When God would make a promise to Abraham and he says, it's not just you, Abraham, but it's your seed. And at an appointed hour, and an appointed time, when Abraham's life stream was drying up, that seed had to come forward. And, 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 and it came forward and it manifests through, through uh, Sarah, and they brought forth an Isaac, but it didn't stop there because there had to be a spiritual application too. And there had to be another womb to bring forth more seed. And so it was at an appointed time. Friends, it wasn't just Brother Branham. It was for us. It was for us here today. It wasn't just tapes back there. It's for right now. We need to catch this. This was for me. And there had to be a messenger. And Abraham knew Isaac needs the right kind of womb. And he takes Eleazar, his trusted servant, 
And he swears and he puts his hand on him. He says, go find a wife for my son. The seed lineage must go on. And Eliezer goes with this great burden upon him. And he comes to the well. And it was a supernatural event. Listen, he could have sent out resumes, posted it on the billboard beside the well. But this was supernatural. He prayed. And when he prayed, Brother Adam would say, the angel of the Lord got there about half an hour before him. And when Rebecca came, I don't believe it was like any other trip to the well. There was something sacred here. You may have come to this church many times. You may have heard the message many times. But there ought to be something that becomes more sacred. And she came into that. And he didn't just question her family lineage. But he looked first for character. And the prayer he uttered, let it be her that draws the water. That will be the one. <laughs> this word, this message, is the very call of God through a messenger. A whole chapter, Genesis 24, is devoted to this. It wasn't just, if that was to the natural seed, what about the spiritual seed that's here right now? And now I go to Paul. The summation of everything. The man who had to separate the Jewish tradition from the Gentiles. Who had to take them from a natural, you know, pots and pans and things. And bring them over into a spiritual land and had to get there thinking, no, this is Jehovah who covers the, the tabernacle. That's only a representation of something in heaven. Your natural inheritance, there's a greater than that. And he's laboring and he has to tell the, the Galatians, oh, foolish Galatians. Don't go back to those things. You've got something greater. And he goes into Arabia and he sees the types and the shadows. And he says they're more real to him. Yeah. And now he sums it up to the Corinthians. He says, oh, I want to present you to Christ, a chaste virgin. Israel used to be virgin. But they adopted tradition. And now this last messenger, he comes, signs and wonders, it comes, it sweeps the earth, and, and he cries out to America in 56. The seals open, and he says, that was so profound and real. This was God speaking to a messenger like no other messenger. Friends, if God did that, how ought we to receive that? Brother Bannon would tell the church, what attitude do we sit here this morning? His own church. Is it just a myth? Is it just a story? I say, 
as you see the storm clouds, as you see these things, you got to go back and check. My calling and election is sure. My path is settled. He's the author. He's the finisher. He guided my steps. The way is getting brighter, brighter. I can't see what's out there. I can only see him before me. And now a prophet comes in 63. I don't call you church. I call you bride. The end of the second pull. It takes him into another level. And then he sees 64 just before masterpiece and feast of the trumpets. And he catches this vision. He sees the church. And now within him, there's this great groaning. That's the church? Dancing to rock and roll? Dressed like that? That's the church? And he's just about, oh, God. But he'd seen another part of that vision, which was a bride. <laughs> and she was marching in step with the gospel. More than ever, we need to be in step. I'll say this. Be done with the foolishness of this world. Be, let your very appetite be on Christ and the Word. If you still love the things or the things of the world, just say, oh God, help me please. There's no more time for that. And he sees her marching. Now he sees physical characteristics in her. But I would surmise what was on the outside was not just the, the garments that he was taught. It manifests naturally, but really it came from the inside. There was a character about that woman when she would hear the word, yes, Lord, you're my Lord. That ought to exist in us all the time. I'm ready to hear what you say, Lord. There's only one people on the face of the earth like this today. And I say this. The word that used to exist in the church is no more. You can see it. There's no more God in there. There's a God whose eyes are on one thing. This is the calling out of the bride. No. I, I, I jumped that through everything that I went to, but I, I trust you catch the burden of Eleazar, of Paul, and of Brother Branham. And it even goes down to 1965 in the message ashamed of him, and he is so burdened, and he's, he's talking, he's thinking, Lord, what is it? Show me a character in the Bible. Show me something, because he doesn't fit in denomination anymore. He doesn't fit. Even hardly the full gospel businessman wouldn't keep him anymore. He had every door closed to him. Show me a character. And he opens the Bible and it falls to Genesis 24. The calling out of the bride. That's exactly the message that we are receiving. We did not receive just a higher step to Pentecost. We did not receive just something slightly higher than gifts. This is way more sacred than that. Now that doesn't do away with those things. But I'll say this. 
first character, first the word. Everything else is second. Give me Christ. Give me the word. Give me my mate. That ought to be first and foremost on your heart. Wow, I jumped like multitudes beyond where I was going. God, help me, please. Now, I want you to think for a moment. Okay, let me back up a step. I let some of my heart out there. I really needed to do that. Because this devil, this devil is not your friend. He's not my friend. He's out to destroy you. And I hate him. I hate what he would try to do in my family. I hate what he would try to do to my brother and my sister. I hate him. And I am determined I am not going to bow down to him. And I will not let his thoughts and his reasons enter into my mind. Oh, it's because you did this or you didn't do this. Forget it. The blood of Jesus is stronger than all of those things. I am free. The minute you confess it, it goes back on his head. And it goes back and he's accountable for it. It's no longer yours. It's the devil's. And he will be judged for it. So get condemnation off of you. Now, there are moments in history where there's great historical events. Pardon me, I, I still feel like I'm tangled up. Am I? Really? Wow. Okay. Somebody write a song about that yet? There'll be no wires in heaven. I need to hydrate a little bit. There's moments in history where there's great historical events. Uh, Rome was governed by a council, a senate. It was, it, was, it was maybe a nice principle, the seeds of democracy, but it was really Babylonian in its roots. I don't have the time to get into this today, but you can go all the way back to Babylon, and you can go back to uh, accounts that are there, and there's a figure that's identified in, in there as the one who set forth um, the whole de democracy system. It was a good principle. It was everything, but it was designed to rule, and if you actually read historical accounts you could take it to the Bible as being Nimrod. He was a mighty hunter. His whole goal was to conquer. His whole goal was to take power and authority for himself. That was the seeds of the Babylonian system. I'm not going to have time to get into that today. But I would say, go back into the church age book. It's a tremendous resource. Take what Brother Branham said. You can take... Hislops to Babylons, if, if you really want to see it. But friends, the seeds of Genesis that were planted live right to today. Those seeds, which were natural seeds, they entered the church in, in, uh, 
even after Christ, they entered Israel, which was a virgin, and as a virgin, they entered a, I'm not going to call it denomination, but I'm going to call it, it was a governing force that was there, and it no longer allowed the freedom of God to deal directly with his people. It was when Israel wanted a king, and they didn't want God for their king, and they took a king, that they actually began to do that. It happened again, if you follow through, after Christ came and Paul came the message. Then there came, and it existed in a seed form, in a spirit form. And in a spirit form, it was the seeds of Nicolaitanism. Now, I, I'm just doing a summary. I'm not, I'm not, I don't have the time to go into it today. But that's that Nicolaitan system. And it, if you read the Church Age book, you can see the natural progression in the messengers. But it was in 325 AD, and I think it was just before that, that Constantine came. And he began to take what was the church at that time. And he began to take what was politics at that time, and he mixed the two together. And when he mixed the two together, that became the foundation of the Catholic Church. I have to speak it like it is. It's the truth. And God was against that system. And out of the mother of that system came denominational systems. And the whole system was to rule with a rod of iron. I, I should really read some of this. Let me, let me take this, this portion. I, 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 I want to pick this up. Because Brother Branham would talk about it, and he would, <coughs> he would say this. The glory of all empires falls. Now he's talking about Rome. Remember, Daniel had a vision of, Lord willing, I'll pick this up on Wednesday. Daniel had a vision of four kingdoms, and it was through an image. And the last kingdom was an image of iron, and that was uh, through Rome. And he says, that was natural Rome. Natural Rome fell. Okay, it finally crumbled within. But as the glory and power of all empires fail, this is from the, from the church ages, so this empire began to fall, thus Rome fell. Pagan imperial Rome was no longer iron. She was crumbled, she was wounded to death. Rome could not now rule, it was all over. So thought the world. He says, but how wrong the world was for the head, Rome, though wounded, was not wounded to death. Revelations 13, verse 3. One of its head appeared to be wounded. The throat was to have been slashed. But the death stroke was healed, and the whole world followed after the wild beast in amazement. Now, this is in the, the quest version of, of these things. So, people look at Rome. They look at the nation of Italy. But they do not realize that Rome within her strict confines is where the Pope has his actual area as his domain. Papal faults. Christian Rome, even though she's called an eternal city, how blasphemous, now controls by religion more than when pagan imperial Rome did. She has more power today. She has power over the saints in South America, over in the Philippines. She has power all over the world. I watched this last week a video 
And if I'd remember the title, I, I, I could tell you, but it was, it was a title, and, and, and it talked about Rome. And it was five years ago that the, the Pope came out and said, and he, and he said how the whole idea of big business and capitalism was, was lower than the dung. Just a week ago, he came out and said, we can't have capitalism the way it was. We think everybody needs to invest together. We will help you gather you together. Now, the, it's a beast. It may speak differently. It's still a beast. In, 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 in the version that I, I saw, and, and it was... I'm just trying to, 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 to find it here, but it was, it was amazing to, to, to hear the language and to hear all the leaders of the, the economic, the Bank of America president, major corporations, all behind this. Things are unfolding. Things are happening. This is not... This, this, we've seen this from afar. It's happening right before us. It's unfolding right before us. So, so the, the portion that I saw, it was, it was entitled, The Council for Inclusive Capitalism with the Vatican. And it was amazing to see all these people speaking up. And there's the Pope coming in as the Savior, as the Messiah. And the world's going to need a Messiah. They have no other place to go. Neither does the bride have any other place to go. And her Messiah is the revealed word. Her Messiah, her final defense, her final backup is God in him and him alone. Oh, I need thee, I need thee every hour. Don't let me lean on the arm of flesh. Don't let me lean on my comforts and my values. Let me lean on God, trusting only in him and his righteousness. He alone is my defense. Now, he says... Rome took on a new lease of life when Constantine joined church and state and backed the union by force. The spirit that motivated pagan Rome is the same spirit that now motivates false Christian Rome. Now, I, you, if these are just words to you, I say catch the spirit. The church ages identifies the outside, but the seals opens up the spirit behind it. What was a white horse rider, you know, became uh, a, a red and a black horse rider and became a pale, pale horse rider. That's the powers that are gathering right now. And I will say, the natural powers that will manifest at Armageddon are spiritual powers that are here right now. And, and as the, the, the natural powers... I really need to slow down and say this properly. Feast of the Trumpets was such a defining message. Now remember, in the spiritual, Brother Branham had seen the vision of the bride and the church. 
Out of that came the masterpiece, the bride. Out of that came the feast of the trumpets. He was wanting to speak on the revealing of him, but he recognized, he said, they all were revealed under the sixth seal. And he said, it's not to the bride, it's to the Jews. Now, under the sixth seal, can you turn with me? I, I need to slow down a little bit. Revelations chapter 9. I didn't have this in the scripture, Sister Ruth, but just take it for a moment. Revelations chapter 9. Revelations chapter 9. <clears throat> Verse 13, and the sixth angel sounded, and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before God, saying to the sixth angel, which had the trumpet, loose the four angels, which are bound in the great river, river Euphrates. Now, this is happening in a spiritual realm. Now, I, I was really getting to the place where I talked about sometimes events on earth we don't see them. You know, Hitler came into power. Stalin came into power. Stalin slaughtered more of his own people. A man named Eichmann raised up such a venom against the Jews. Was this just evil men? No, it was a loosing of spirits that had been bound 200 million million. And they're loosed. And sometimes we don't, we see natural events. The Bible talks about the first woe and the second woe. These were the world wars. What, what, what was it? They're actually the fulfillment of something that's in the heavens. And it comes on the earth at an appointed time and an appointed season. And so here it says, Loose the four angels that are bound at the great river Euphrates. And the four angels were loosed, which were prepared for an hour and a day and a month and a year to slay the third part of men. And the number of the army of the horsemen were 200,000, thousand. And I heard the number of them. Now, and he says, and I, and I saw the horses. Now, again, horses are powers. And I saw the horses in the vision and them that sat on them having breastplates of fire and of jacinth and brimstone. And the heads of the horses were the heads of lions and out of the mouses issued fire and smoke. And, you know, it goes on to tell all of these things and I, I won't finish this, the scripture. But this is under the sixth trumpet. And, and the sixth trumpet is to the Jews. And so there was a natural loosing that went out and it came against the Jews. Now, Brother Branham also talked about an ecclesiastical. So now he says this in, 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 in Feast of the Trumpets. The hour we're living in, the ecclesiasticals, the spirits are uniting together and they're bringing this to this one big slaughter. These are not just words. This is unfolding before us right now. To blot out, churches are going to be closed unless you're with the organization. 
It's a union. It's a boycott. When I hear the Premier of Ontario say, if you don't take the vaccine, now I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the vaccine. If you don't take the vaccine, certain privileges are going to be held with, from you. Now, the vaccine isn't the mark of the beast, so don't, don't hear, hear me wrong. But to be able to have the boldness to say that, where did that come from? What's the power behind that? What's the power behind Google and Yahoo and, and places saying, if you don't take the vaccine, you won't be able to buy or sell? Do you, you think that these things are just haphazard? or They're falling into place. Now he says, you know what a beast is? It's a power. Now he says, it'll be so close, it'll be like the real thing. It'll deceive the very elected. I, I, I love when these things are here, but I also love the other parts he drops in. But he promised to have something here for us on that day. <laughs> we would not be deceived, and that's the word. That's Christ made manifest to us. Those are supernatural devils, unseen to the eye, but you see what they're doing. Now, he, here he's, he's making a separation. Now, while that group is writing, the ecclesiastical group, making themselves ready to stomp out everything that won't agree with them. You watch the agenda in the United States government now. You watch Pelosi, who is right now the Speaker of the House. You watch Biden, and you watch Harris. And you watch if they don't bring in a greater level of you better agree with us or else. I'm not the prophet, but I'm echoing. It had to come to this place. But we're here now. And God's been preparing us. He's been preparing you. While we've been coming to church faithfully, while there's a word body building on us, that's happening out there. But what's happening in here that they can't see is that there's more of the character of Christ. There's more of the nature, yes, Lord, I want to be pleasing. I want to be pleasing to you. It, it's not about, you know, I, I'm not going to be able to figure out how all these dominoes will fall into effect. But I'll say right in here, there's something that's so yearning for God. I want nothing of that. Now, while that group is writing, there's another group that's also being made ready, Revelations 19. The next time the church comes, she comes also, not exactly on horses, but on a white horse and the host of heaven that was following him, white horses. 
while the group that was bound 2,000 years at the river Euphrates and has been bound for 2,000 years, there's also a church that has bound the Holy Ghost for 2,000 years under martyrdom. It's bound at the river Euphrates, at the door of creeds and dogmas. The Holy Spirit would not work in the church because of man-made systems. And he says, but he says, she's going to be liberated. The devil wants you to believe we're all part of a group. We're in the message. We all heard the phrase for years. The message cannot be denominated. We hid behind that phrase. The message can't be denominated. But there are men of old, men of renown, that have crept in, that have perverted parts of the message. It's not part of a group. It's not the title of message. But it's the message to the womb that is in you. That's where the message is held. The message is not held in these walls, in these buildings. It's held in you. She's going to be liberated. She's coming back. That's what the Bible said. Those two meet one another on the battlegrounds. Lucifer and Michael again. Like in the beginning. They've been down 2,000 years, almost 2,000 years. So they've been liberated, but the Word's been liberated. Now, how are we doing? Are you, are you with me this morning? Let the Word penetrate this morning. In 1962, Brother Branham came in March. Remember, it was in 1962 he was told by a vision, store up seed. In 1962, he came, and he came in front of his church, and he says, I've got a six-hour message. And he was true to his word. He spoke it in two parts, in the morning and in the evening. And he spoke this message, and it was entitled, The Spoken Word is the Original Seed. And he would take Genesis 1, how every seed has to bring forth of its kind. And he would, he would say, you may not have agreed what is I may have done or what I've stood for, but today, by the help of God, I'm going to explain it. And you'll understand. Now, he takes a, a fair bit of time with this, and he would say, we're nearing the harvest time. The seeds are planted. Oh, I wish you could have seen what just passed before me, he says. Remember, there's a planting time and a harvest time. Three different seeds planted. Denominational, Billy Graham was the head planter. Oral Roberts, the Pentecostal. So these seeds have been planted, and he says, I'm talking about organization. But then he says, but the Word has been planted. Now you'll have to understand this, folks. Three seeds have been planted. Two denominations will unite. Pentecost will unite with, the, with denominations. But the Word will stay with Abraham's seed. Now, they're talking about manufacturing a latter rain. He says, nonsense. There's no such thing in the Bible. He says, 
The latter rain only produces what the seed that's been planted. You will find out there will come an affiliation. The Pentecostals and all the groups will come together and they'll shut the doors on them guys that won't listen to it. You won't be able to open your mouth. That's when he'll come. That's when he'll show. That's when you'll see a rain. Oh my, lay still, be quiet, let it go. Now, he spends a lot of time with that. But now he also, in the, in the morning service, and I can't go through everything, but now he, in the evening service, he moves it over into another realm. The true bride, like Mary, will have a virgin womb for the bride of the word, which is Christ. The word comes to the bride. She'll be the same as he is, a virgin by the word. The same message Paul preached. This messenger preached. Oh, friends, this is not just something we lay on the shelf. This is more than life to us. I, I can't allow my own thinking I can't allow my own mind to mix with this. This is how sacred this is. I know it's a little more somber, but I, I really... My, my title is The Character of the Virgin Bride Manifest in the Bible. Now he would say, when his bride comes, she'll be the same product as he is. Virgin. You know, Brother Bannon would go so far as to say, a woman that has stayed pure and is married to her husband is still a virgin. He would actually go and say that. Now, uh, if that isn't so, don't, 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 let this, don't let this condemn you in any way, if that hasn't been. But I'd say spiritually, if you haven't given your mind, your thoughts to denominational seeds, and you're staying pure, and you're desiring, you're a virgin. Now, now, there's another level to this, but we'll take that another time. Now, he says, she doesn't need any dogmas. She'll be absolutely virgin. She'll have a virgin womb. And he says, and, you know, and, and he, would, he, would, he would flip this back and forth, and he would talk about Revelation 17 and the mother of harlots, and, and he would say, that woman is a harlot. And he says, out of her were daughters that played the part of harlots. And, and, and you know, as a prophet, he didn't mince words. And I, and I love it. He says, and he, but he would talk, his body does the same as him. Christ is the head. The body has to be the same as his head was. And then it really culminates. You know, sometimes, I, I sometimes have a lot of thoughts. And I'm thinking, and as I think thoughts, and, and I'm, I'm desiring, and, and sometimes I talk with a brother, sometimes I share it with somebody, and as the words come out, all of a sudden, it crystallizes the thought. And sometimes, even as, I, as I'm writing and the thought, and then the words hit the paper, all of a sudden, that's it. That's absolutely it. So the prophet, the Holy Spirit speaks to him and says, pick up the pen and write. Now, just like the prophets of old, they would just write. 
But something came forward that they couldn't take back. Because it was God so speaking through them. So he picks it up and he says this for the first time ever in 1962. From the little group of the true seed of word of God, God will present Christ, a beloved bride, a virgin, a virgin of his word. And through them and by them will be fulfilled all that he has promised his word and the virgin. The promise, the word of promise is that in himself, like it was in Mary, God will make himself manifest. You know, there's a song, all I want to see is Jesus. Let it be him in me. And, and he, he, would, he, he utters these words, and, and he begins to talk, and he says, they will love him. They, he will love his, and they will have his potentials. He is their head. They are his subjects. Notice the harmony, you know. And, and, he, and I'm, I'm just skipping some of this. And he says, Jesus never did anything till the Father showed him first. Harmony between God and Christ. So will it be, to be between the bride. He shows her the word of life. She receives it. She never doubts it. For if the seed is planted, the water will raise up again. You know, and, and I, I, don't, I, I, I hate to sometimes just say this, but let these not be words. The word is in the bride as it was in Mary. I've never seen it that way in myself before. When I was in the middle of, I thought I was kind of over this on Wednesday. Thursday night, I, well, I ate some things Thursday and then it just wouldn't stay. And I stopped. I listened to Brother Donnie Reagan's service and he was closing and Brother Daryl Ward was there. And, and he was just praying and crying out to God and something came forward. I curse this COVID thing. And it just struck me. It has no part of me. And I said, it has no part of us. The symptoms may come or do whatever, but it's got no, it's under my feet. And I, whatever was happening, and the devil starts planting seeds. Oh, you probably have COVID because it's one, diarrhea is one of the symptoms. You're all probably thinking, well, maybe he does have it. Don't, don't, don't say that that thought didn't come through somebody's minds here. I know the devil well enough. Okay, for those of you who are a little bit like Thomas, I did go get tested on Friday, and it's negative. Okay? <laughs> but I wasn't waiting for the test. <laughs> it was only going to confirm the confession of my mouth. And the stupid doctor that would, you know, I, I have a couple of friends, a pharmacist and a doctor friend. He said, I had that years ago. I said, you mean before COVID was ever out? Yeah. You're stepping across the line, Brother Ed. Forget the line. You legalist. Have faith. And a, and a doctor friend says, I had the same kind of thing years ago. I said, before COVID, I was like, oh. He said, I doubt it's COVID, he said. 
It was like, whew. Anyway, in the middle of all of this, I'm sitting there, and I'm going, this enemy. And I said, I said this before God. I said, I'm coming to church Sunday morning to preach what you laid on my heart. When it looked like there was nothing, I said, I'm going to do it. And I'm here. And the devil is a liar. And I said, I'm going to gather with the saints on prayer on Tuesday. And I'm not going to stop. And I say this, we're not going to stop. We're going to move forward. If you want to listen to a service, listen to Brother Ron Spencer from last Sunday. He said, I thought, his title of his message was, I thought there's no way. And God said, watch. That was his title. And I watched a man. He had some church business. And he's kind of like, and then he gets behind the pulpit and he says, Andrew, sing a song while I steady myself. Sang a song. And I watched the Spirit of God lift that man up. And I watched him stand there and proclaim the Word of God in the face of every demon. We are standing on holy ground. We are soldiers of the King. Where was I before I interrupted myself? Pick up the pen and write. They will do the works of God. For he himself is continuing his word to fulfill. He did not complete it in his days. He did not complete all he was here, for it was not time yet. Christ has a work to do, and there's a bride here to do it. And I want to be on the front line. I want to be wherever I need to be, whatever my task is, I'm going to stand there. And if I have to stand against symptoms and all these other things, I'm looking at the unseen. I'm looking at the promises. I'm disregarding the things around me. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. I really jumped around. I didn't follow my notes at all. So that's the way the Lord wanted. That's fine. Hebrews chapter 11. Let's just read from verse 13. These all died in the faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, they were persuaded of them, they embraced them, they confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on this world. I do not belong to this world. I do not belong to the liberal government. I do not belong to the conservative government. I belong to the government of the kingdom of heaven. I am not a Democrat. I am not a, I am not a Republican. I am a Christian. I don't belong to anything other but the family of God. And he would say, they that say such things declare they seek a, a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of the country that they came out. Now, if you actually look at the spirit of frogs in Revelations chapter 16, it was the spirit of frogs. And Brother Adam said, a frog looks backwards. And he identified this in some quotes, and I, I'm Coming to the end, so I'm just going to preach. I don't have the time to read the quotes. And if you want my notes, I'll send you my notes. And he says, and he says, and the spirit of frogs always looks back. He says, that's denomination. They're not moving forward. They're looking back. 
and they're bound by something that's held them back. The same Babylonian system that worked its way from Nimrod right down through Rome, right through the kings, became papal Rome, became denominations, but she is being liberated. The word of God has come to you. You are not under message dogma. You are under the direct authority of the word of God revealed to you. By what authority? By God who has made the revelation to you. That's good for every young person. That's good for every single sister. That's good for every preacher. It doesn't take the big name preachers. It can take the little preachers. That's good for you, Brother Max. That's good for you, Brother Andrew. That's good for you, Brother John. We are Christians. Our character is in the Word. But they now desire a better country. That is a heavenly whereby God's not ashamed to call them their God. He has prepared for them a city. Right now, while we're sitting here, there is a marriage supper table that's being prepared. There are tables. There are nameplates being put out. They are there right now. I've got a place to go to. You've got a place to go to. It's not like, oh, let me just check if you're on the invite list. No, this, the RSVP card is the revelation that's in your heart that's burning right now. I am over there. I've got a place there. I will be there. You need to say, you need to see that. I am one of them. I am there with them. That's why I'm acting out what I do right now. That's why I hate the devil. That's why I'm fighting the greatest battle ever fought. That's why we are marching on. Let's give me a couple more minutes. Hydration break. They say electrolytes are good for you. They say that's found in Gatorade. It was Brother Ron Spencer that came here years ago. He said, you got any Gatorade? So we have a little bit for him all the time. And the rest of us benefit from it. I texted Brother Ron the other day, and I told him a little bit of the battle, and I told him how I appreciated his stand. And he said, oh, buddy. Go out and get a Tim Hortons coffee and a donut. (laughs) Oh, isn't it good to be a Christian and a human being to be free? Oh, I'm free. I'm free in Christ. I don't have to kowtow to anybody. That little virgin that received the promise that Brother Branham would talk about. You know, from the man from the company. What was the name of the company that came from Chicago? And 
You know, he looked at all the other women, but he saw this woman that had character. <sighs> she didn't worry about what the denominational cousin said. She just said, I, he's promised. I'm going to get ready. I'm going to keep getting ready. I, I, I don't care what they do. I don't care what they say. They can say you've lost your rockers. Let them say it. He's going to come. He'll be there right on time. He will not miss a beat. He didn't miss a beat last week for you, brother, sister. He didn't miss a beat for me. He didn't. He's not behind. He's in control. The kingdoms of Satan are now becoming subject to the God that dwells in a bride. They are in us right now. We have authority. We have an inheritance. Let's exercise our inheritance. Drop down to verse 26. Moses, esteeming the reproach of whom the world was not worthy. I was in Abraham. I was in Moses. The spirit that was in them is in me now. Because that was Christ in them. Esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasures in Egypt. For he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured. What kind of lockdowns are they going to put on us? There may come a time where we're just going to have to say, I'm sorry, I'm not going to abide with that one anymore. And I'm not going to be scared at that time. But I'll say this. I don't know when that time is. I don't know what that moment is. But it won't come because we figured it out in our natural thinking. It's going to come because it's in us. It's Christ in you. It's in your mind. It's in your heart. Let it dwell. Let it dwell richly in you. So Moses, not fearing the wrath of the king, he endured. How did he endure? As seeing him. Who is invisible? I can see something that the world can't see. My, 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 where in the world am I going to get to here? As I just close with this, and I'm just going to go back now to Revelations chapter 16. If you have a chance sometime, I was inspired on some of this by Brother Tim Dodd. And he spoke a message last year, and you can look it up in the archives. But he spoke on the Euphrates is dry, and he took it from the point of civilization. Today we're taking it a little bit. And that was last year, the Euphrates is dry. But he says, I saw three unclean spirits. Now, I, I need to read this, and I got a quote I want to share, and then we're going to close, okay? And so the sixth angel, now quite often we think the vials is something that's off in the future. We, we, we tend to segment things. Okay, the seals was, the church ages was then, then the seals, then the trumpets, that's the vials. And we put that all over to the tribulation period. But really, some of these things started, and the plague actually started way back at Nicaea when a Trinity doctrine came out. 
Because that which came out of the mouth of the dragon, the mouth of the beast, and are the, they're the spirit of miracles. Brother Branham identifies this as the Trinity doctrine. That was part of what the spirit attached itself to. But it says, it says these three unclean spirits. Now, the part that I want to, to pick up this, and, and oh my goodness, I have so many things I feel like I need to share. But okay, I said I'm not going to finish. I'm not. Okay, we're going we're gonna to carry this on as the Lord would lead us. Lord willing, we'll, we'll pick this up again. Now he says, Brother Ram would say, the battle started in heaven. It'll be finished on earth in the form of Armageddon. And now he makes this statement. Let's watch and see it unfold. Maybe we can unfold it right now if the Lord will help us to. Watch it unfold. This mysterious writer, he refused to repent and go back to the original blood word. The word became blood and fresh. He refused to go back to it. But the true word bride, he's opposed to the true word bride. He takes his own bride, which brings in creeds and dogmas. And this holy bride, he's against her. And he forms his own bride called the Antichrist, see how shrewd he is. Now, I'm going to jump ahead. That's in the fourth seal. It also in the fourth seal. Now he gathers them on mixed colored horses. He's gathering the thing together. Creeds, denominations, man-made doctrines. Oh my, no holy blood of the word at all. That's why a Methodist minister can come up and say what he said. Nothing against Methodists. Might be good people in there, but there's no more word there. There's no more adherence. They have given themselves over to something, and they no longer speak for God. I will tell you, and I declare it today, there is one group of people that speaks for God. She is the final voice to the final age. Her character, her allegiance, her everything is to God. And he says, no holy blood of the word. Watch from the four corners of the earth. They gather together. He gathers them to Armageddon. This mixed kale. Now there's a spiritual application to this, but there's a natural coming too. This mixed, and all the world knows it. They all, they all go, could this be Armageddon? Yeah, they know it. But they can't see it. It's actually on them right now, spiritually speaking. This mixed, worldly, pale, sick horses gathered from the foreign corners of the host. He says, the showdown will be Armageddon according to the word. The Antichrist, first denomination. Then it's, they can't be spirit. Then Jezebel, a prostitute to the word. They're coming together into a battle, gathering their subjects from every nation under heaven. Oh, he says this. The battle is going to be hot and heavy. Revelations 19. Not only is he getting ready, but Christ is getting ready to meet him. And he said, there's going to be a little bitty remnant. He's gathering them right now from the four corners of heaven. And he says, he also has a name, not death, but the word of God. He, and in the vision, what a brother said, she was the word. She was riding on it. She was marching on it. That's what we're living out. You've got to see yourself in that picture. And he says, they are faithful to the word. They're called, they're chosen, and then faithful to the word by their choosing. They're stimulated with new wine and oil. 
Watch the thunders will issue forth the thing pretty soon. Oh, don't miss it. Life and death coming down to a final struggle. Christ on a solid, white, unadulterated word from the beginning. Every color would be white if the chemistry hadn't broke it. Here comes Satan. It's all from the fourth seal. On the four corners of the earth with his Protestants and his Catholics. All together. Now, marching together right to the battle of Armageddon. And here comes Jesus coming down from heaven with resurrected saints, vindicated word. There's a first resurrection coming. I, I don't want to be judged. I want to be judged right now. My righteousness is not my righteousness. My righteousness is his. By grace, he put something in my heart that longs for him. I want to please him as the musicians come. There's so much I could say here. Uniting time and sign. She's getting ready. She's the bride. She's united herself with the bridegroom, see? The bridegroom is the word. The church and the bride and the word becoming one until the very word itself is working not the, out the work of the bridegroom. Oh, it's a uniting time. Brother Branham, and I'll just close with this, he would, he would speak to his church. And this is in questions and answers. I'm here to try to help you because I love you. You're my children. I have bought, begotten you to Christ. I claim you all the time. I always claim you as my brother and sister. You're my children. I'm your father in the gospel, not a father as a priest. I have begotten you to Christ, and I espouse you to Christ. And that's to engage you to Christ as a chaste version. Don't let me down. Don't let me down. Just stay a chaste virgin. How will I do it, Brother Branham? Stay right with the Word. Live clean and pure. Have nothing to do with the things of the world. If the love is in your heart, say, Oh, Jesus, please take that away from me. I don't want, I don't mean to be like that. Believe Jesus and live for Him every day. Don't do no evil. Now, these become very personal words. He'll say in the next message, questions and answers, the very next part of it, he says, I've tried my best to lead you, to tell you as a daddy would lead his children. I've begotten you to Christ through this gospel. I want to raise up fully matured kids or children. I want you to present you to Christ that day. As Paul said, a chaste virgin. There isn't a thing in that word, but your heart will punctuate and say amen to it. Amen. Now, could you imagine to be part of that number? As Brother Branham would say, this is one of them. 
that I gave your word. And Jesus would say, he that receiveth whom I send receiveth me. I gave them your word. They weren't even in my meetings, but they heard the tapes. Look at what it's done in them. Jesus, this is, this is a virgin to you. They say, come on in. We need to see ourselves in that picture. Let's stand together. Let's sing pleasing, pleasing, I want to be pleasing to you. Pleasing, let me be pleasing to you. Let everything that I do be
playing softly it would say in Revelation 16 behold I come as a thief a thief comes in the night in secret in covert in a place when you're or a time when you're not looking for him blessed is he that watcheth What are you looking at? Are you waiting for this to move and that to fall? There's actually a really sad part to this story. That there's actually people out there that are virgins. But they needed oil. And they recognized, oh, I got to get oil. And it says they came to get it and the door was shut. Blessed is he that watcheth, keepeth his garments. What has been granted to us? The word, the original word, not denominated. That's my garment. Lest he walk naked and they see his shame. I ask you to bow your heads this morning. I'm really not going to make a prolonged pull. The Spirit of God has been here this morning. If there's a little tug, a little tug. I'm not going to use my emotion. I'm not going to use proactive, long drawn out. But if there's a little tug and you want to respond to God, start just by opening your heart. If it causes you to lift a hand, if it causes you to lift two hands, whatever you do, It's not what I see. It's not what those in the row beside you see. But it's what heaven is seeing. I think we've crossed a line. There's things that are happening in the unseen realm that are beyond any man, any political leader, these movements. There's a gathering to a battle. But there's also a gathering of a bride to Christ. And if you want to respond, don't be in a position where you're going to look back and say, it was in that meeting. I felt it, but I didn't quite respond I just say this if there's a little tug open your heart to him we pray together Heavenly Father it's just a somber moment 
I felt I've laid out what you put on my heart. I know it was a great battle this week. But Lord, how I thank you that you will prevail, that you will stand for your people, that there will be a bride, that the vision that Brother Branham saw, a church dancing to rock and roll, we see that, Lord. But may we also see the bride as she was dressed in her garments. He would identify a woman long skirts and long sleeves and long hair. And there was an absence of one other thing. It was called makeup. That was just a little thing, but seemingly some could not get away from it. And as he saw the bride coming into view, he saw a few had maybe stepped out of line, started looking at the first church or the worldly church. And with the heart of a prophet and the voice of God, he began to cry out, stay in line, stay in line. I'm not the prophet this morning. I'm just a servant. But it's your voice crying again, stay in line. Brother Harold spoke it on New Year's. Let there be a rededication. Brother Max spoke on taking off the garments, the, the things, the clutter, the things we don't need. Lord, it's your Spirit speaking to us service after service. May we put on what we need to put on. I pray for every hand that was raised, every heart that was lifted. I pray that this word would not come back to you void, but I pray that it will penetrate. I pray that this spirit of the enemy would be destroyed, the working of the enemy. I pray that the reality of Christ would be near to every brother and sister. Thank you for these, your people, our people, my brothers and sisters that are here. We love each other, Lord. We appreciate each other. We have our natural peculiarities, but there's something that's binding us together. Go with us this afternoon. May your word linger. We love you, Lord, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing in moments like these. In moments like these, I sing out a song. I sing out a love song.
you.